there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, coming to you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. We've got a very special show tonight, and that will be reflected by the guests that we have in the room, in no particular order. We're just going to go around the room. Scott? Yeah, I'm here. You are! <laughs> and sitting next to Scott... As always, the hostess with the mostest. It's the it is the hostess with the mostest. It's later. Step by step, oh, no. Ooh, baby. So I wanna get no. <laughs> Radio, then we had a dance party today. We did have a dance party. Um, running the board and doing a sterling job with the volume controls. It's Johnny. I'm just pushing the knobs and making everybody smile. <laughs> Twist my <laughs> knob. <laughs> That's your favorite thing to do. Oh, it's wonderful. Of course, on the Classic Girl Couch, it's me. I'm Emma. Hello. <laughs> it's simply lovely to be here. But sitting next to me. Oh, hi. Hi. It's Cat. Hey. Hey, Miss Fitz. It's good to be back. It is good to have you back. And sitting next to Cat, it's Mouse. Hey, it's Hello. good to be here. It's lovely for you. And this is your first time on the show, isn't it? No. Second. No, she was here before, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you were here before. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, but... Yeah. <laughs> that was the one time you were sick. I do get sick once in a while. And then, to the left of Mouse, it's Patrick. Vasa Boxer. <laughs> Vasa Boxer. Yeah, that stimped. And and how is Patrick known around the garage to us? Patrick? The, the chair dance guy. Well, yeah, I mean. Um, so we'll come to the story of how you came upon the Misfits, which is largely to do with the lovely sitting to your left, which would be Laurie. Guten Tag. Guten Tag, Laurie. And um, you were the one who were responsible for bringing Patrick here in the first place all those years ago. Yes, yes. This is way before the pandemic. Yeah. Exactly. And we'll come to that in a bit. Lastly, but not leastly, coming to us from his luxury garage in Velveeta, Oregon. <laughs> a lot of cheese in that town. It's bagel. Schöne Grüße aus warmen Oregon. Yeah. Is that cheese speak bagel? Uh, it's a Kaiserspacher. Yes, Velveeta is melting here. Yeah, the Velveeta. Yeah. Is it a trifle toasty, is it, darling? A little bit. It's uh, been toasty this weekend, yes. Ah, uh, nasty. I was scooter camping. Oh, very good. Um, that would explain you being the color of a cooked lobster then. Yeah, a little bit of sun, yes. Yeah, okay. Well, very good, because I know you gingers have to be careful in the sun. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's true. Absolutely. Liza's sticking her finger up at me. Oh. There's a new vehicle in the studio. She, she's holding up a ceramic, which I think Bagel is mm. going to get incredibly excited by. I know, I know it's hard to know when there's something new up in the studio. Yes. So I wanted to share that this came from Spain. My friend oh. went to Spain and brought me home a little toy Vespa. Oh, whiskey, cool. It comes with it's luggage on it, too. It's gorgeous. Yeah, isn't I it? I thought it was nice. one of those little humble it, miniatures. It's very nice. It's got luggage and crash bars you for, and all those things. You forgot one guest. Well, there's whiskey. Four, four fing, four legged. Oh, there's a doggo here. What is this dog? What is, who is this doggo here? Scott. It's whiskey. That is a Bengal That's, coyote. Yes. 
Hyena. It could be anything. I haven't done any genetic testing. So there's, there's a brown and grey dog. He's just a love dog. No, he's he's behaving incredibly well. He's very smart. It's uh, been a while since we've had a full full room in here. It's fun. It is a full room, and there is a reason it's a full room. Um, we are going to call this. What should we call this show? The post Dolomites Alpine Adventure Show. Man. So. All the That's guests, creative. all the guests <laughs> in this room, all the all the special guests in this room were all on the Alpine Adventure. Mm. We're going to have a chat about it. Yeah. Okay, now I want this Vespa. <laughs> well, you can't <laughs> have it. It Jealous. came from Spain, darling. No, I mean the actual Vespa that's actually with all the luggage on it oh, and yeah. the cute little roll bag in the front. They're super fun scooters for getting around. It's, it's fantastic. Only, it's the I only agree. way to get around Rome. So, um. Before we start, we're going to do a little bit of a history lesson of how this tour came about. Um, Pre-pandemic, Kat, you were a guest on our show, Mm -hmm. and you wanted to talk about these fantastic tours you did back then and still do. Yep. Um, And these are two-week tours. You, You generally, you rent Ducatis, you do track time, you stay in the finest hotels, they're, I mean, they really are absolutely first-class tours, but they come with a first-class price tag, don't they? They do. The big expense is really the the track bikes, um, and some people spend money on upgrading on the street bikes. The hotels, I don't go for five-star hotels. Four-star is really the most I go because you get too much luxury. It puts up a wall between you and the country you've come right, to visit. Right, right, right. But so Cap was on our show many years ago talking about these tours, and I said, you know, these are absolutely fantastic but how would you fancy having a go at trying to put together a tour that working men and women can afford mm-hmm. and the parameter i said is for the cost of a you know reasonable used bike you can go on one of our tours and that's got to include the flight it's got to include the food it's got yeah. to so we really set a ceiling of about forty five hundred five thousand dollars yeah for everything and this is kind of what you came up with and the well, Dolomites also, training tool was born wasn't it, it it goes along with the whole concept of the recycle garage which is look we're we're new riders or we don't have a lot of money we need to learn how to do things we're going to teach each other how to change your oil how to adjust our chain how to right. adjust our valves if it gets tough it's a lot about passing knowledge on i said okay let's let's replicate that on and have a, a motorcycles and misfits tour where we're not just having you pay for a tour guide no we're going to teach you what you need to know to be able to make one of these trips yourself right and yeah. so this 2022 was the first, and I think it is fair to assume that was a roaring success. Yeah, yeah, people had a good time. And so um, 2023 was the second one. We did a tour following that, and we're going to do a standalone show on that one. Mm-hmm. Did, did you revisit your friend the cop? Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I actually... You saw him again. I, yeah, I did. <laughs> and he glared at me. He glared at me from the front seat of his Alfa Romeo. <laughs> But he didn't see me glaring back at him because I had a black visor, you see. But he knew it was me. I knew that. So there we are. Um, But 2023 was a roaring success. And what we have in the studio this week, we have Kat, of course, who organizes them. Nancy, a.k.a. Mouse, who really does... You're both the same person? 
Penis. <laughs> no one's ever explained that to me. <laughs> <laughs> you can't there's, be quick all the time. There's Liza. the professional name, Nancy. <sighs> Which yeah. well now it all makes sense right. before that <laughs> yes well, no, he, didn't he forgets that I use my my official name when it comes to work and stuff Got like it. that but so he and he did this last year he he mm. sent me a recording of people saying happy birthday mouse and I'm thinking these people have no idea who mouse is because all my emails everything right. I've been talking they to them to do is Nancy they knew who you but were but Nancy <laughs> does a sterling job of making sure that everyone has the correct documentation, that all the transfers are in place, that just this mountain of administration you take on with no complaining at all. You're extremely good at it. There's no hiccups with it. Is there complaining, Kat? There's complaining. There's complaining. The, usually, <laughs> you, usually the biggest problem we have is is people don't read their emails that we send them. Right. The, all, the, all the great wisdom that she spent so much time crafting and putting together, and she puts these huge emails together, which, surprise, surprise, people don't read. So we have to send them more than once. But, you know, that's it's part of the game. If this helps you at all, one thing I've learned in life, people ignore signs, but they pay attention to traffic cones. <laughs> if you send them a letter attached to a traffic cone, they will pay attention. <laughs> no. Okay. I think actually, if you send them a letter attached to a brick thrown through their front window, they'd probably pay attention to that right. as well. So, um, so we have Kat and Nancy who actually organise the thing, and then we have our three lovely guests who actually went on the tour. And I don't know where to start, Patrick. Um, oh, I, have, I have questions. Yeah, yes. I have questions. Let's start with. How many people were on last year's trip and how many people were on this year's trip? Similar number. This year was yeah. 21. Last year was the same, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think we had maybe 18, 19. It, it came out about the same because we still had, you know, four, five, like four squadrons of five people. Are we talking Are we talking writers or writers and passengers? Well, yeah. and that's well, just ge people. general people because we do get couples who ride yeah. on the same bike and Patrick and Laurie are a perfect example of that. Um, and what we do with it with a big tour like this, we break people up into squadrons based on riding ability, desire of what you want to do. And it's it's very flexible. You can start off in one squadron and then graduate to another. Um, Kat has always kind of led the fastest squadron. I always tend to lead the slowest one. Um, but... There's very little difference between the two in terms of fun. You know, we just do... I'm in the squadron where we stop every couple of hours and have coffee and oh, chow and take pictures and just have a good time. And um, Yeah, the change that, the, this year... The dog on the side of the road that needs to be played with. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the change this year is uh, I moved from only being in one squadron. I sort of... I said, oh, you're going to take this particular route today. This group's going to take... Okay, I'm going to do that same route. And I'm going to bounce around from group to group and check in with people at the tops of mountain passes. And I'm just, I'm going to be on the same route. Um, but I'll run in through a number of different squadrons and making sure that everyone's okay. But let's start with Patrick and Laurie. Yeah. Um, and we'll come to you, Scott, because you, I mean, you had your own experience, but from a couple's perspective. What did you expect from this trip before? you left on it had you dipped into any kind of video material from last year's or um <clears throat> so 
I'd heard about the trip, like in kind of the recap from this podcast. Right, stuff. He has so such had, a good radio like, voice. Well, thank you, Dokashun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had like a little bit of an idea of what to expect ahead of time, and like Lori and I aren't new to like doing motorcycle group rides or like even motorcycle camping and stuff. So a little bit of an idea, but I had never been to Europe before, so that was kind of the big unknown for me right. as far as what to expect is as far as like riding in a different country went and like the culture of it or just communicating and stuff like and that. And I have to say that you two are certainly in my mind, the perfect target people for this group because we want people who, who have experience riding motorcycles, but I, getting people who have never been outside America before, or certainly never been to Europe before. Wait, this is, this is Europe? perfect. Yeah. Cool. I, I'd ridden in like Canada and a little bit in the Philippines, but Europe not. All right. Pretty oh, cool. Right. Okay. So, um, when did you actually fly in? Uh, we got in like the Tuesday before the trip. Yeah. Oh, you, wow. You, yeah. you had quite yeah, a long. Time. So, you had plenty of time to play around and explore yes. Munich before we even showed up. We actually went down to Innsbruck, Austria, which we ended up riding through mm-hmm. as part of the tour a few days right, later. Right, right. But, um, and explored Innsbruck, which is a beautiful place and highly recommend. But um, And so how we, were you getting around? Just train. train. Yeah. And how did you find public transit? Did you find it easy to use? It was fantastic. Right. Yeah. It was, it was the easiest thing to do. Um, it took a little bit of getting used to the very first or second uh ride just to kind of figure out where you're going which trains you need to take which u-bahn which subway whatever but after a few it was fantastic and we we absolutely miss it being back right california and even at the humblest underground station even at the humblest uh railway station there's a machine that sells you tickets Mm -hmm. with five languages and you just press the language you want and um, they do everything for but you. But none of them tell you how to punch your ticket. <laughs> no. Which we, that's which, the big that's grab bag. Which you got to punch that and ticket. And they don't tell you that you have to press the, the door or you have to pull the lever on the door to get it open. The doors do not open automatically on a German subway. However, you have to open it. Mouse did send an email that yes. said that was going to happen, so yep. we knew. Good. Because and you, we read it. And you that. read it. Someone read the email. Someone read the email. So there we go. So... Um, so you had fun traveling around on public transit. We came in. When did we come in, uh, Nancy? Because we were on the same flight Thursday we or came Friday. Two days before. A couple of days before, mm-hmm. um, and then I think we had the get together dinner on Sunday. S- mm-hmm. Sunday, yeah. but the rider meeting before. Right. So, what were your thoughts of the rider meeting? Um, everyone was in the room. We were talking about the equipment. We were talking about what was expected. Was everything kind of explained to you to satisfaction with that? I mean, it, it, it was tough trying to figure out, like, like in a new place with a whole bunch of new people and <laughs> just trying to get, like, the lay of the land, I guess, was, right. was with a whole a, thing to adapt to. With no um, air conditioning in the room. For yeah. some reason, <laughs> none of the hotels have air conditioning. It's 90 <laughs> degrees and 100% humidity. Uh, Europe is still battling with global warming just like everyone else's. Yeah. Munich was never a place that needed air conditioning until the past few years, and yeah. now it's just getting oppressively hot. Yeah. Uh, she has a question. Yeah. Um, as you're talking about your trip and your experience, I would like each person to also talk about the bike that they were riding. Oh, no, yes. we're going to get there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, 
the rider meeting, we use this thing called the chatterbox, which is basically radio. Mm -hmm. um, it's not Bluetooth. It takes a little getting used to, but you you two actually kind of took to it like a duck to water, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, we, we during our rides here in the States, we've used like a, a couple different Senna's and stuff. So the concept of like the chatterbox, same sort of thing, really. Um, so it was easy enough for that part, but I just like attaching it to our helmets and everything was part of the, the confusion of like, who's got the tools and how do we get the, <laughs> the speakers mounted and all that kind of stuff. So right. And it's kind it's of a free for all. For, and yeah. you know, it, it's everyone's buzzing around. It's like, Oh, I figured yeah. out how to do yeah. this and help out. It's a bit messy, but usually people, people teach each other how to do it. And that's part of the game is, is you learn how to do it. Then you teach someone else how to do it. And, Sooner or later, the whole group gets it down. And right. That's, how that's many a, of these do you own, Cat? I probably have the largest collection of Chatterbox <laughs> X2 Slim units of anybody in the world. I think we I have 23 of them now. Wow. It started off in a small box, a small plastic <laughs> bin, and yeah. it's grown exponentially every year. Yeah, we've got 23 of them now. Um, wow. So... I know that worked out quite well for you eventually. It's a, it's always a little clunky at first, but you got there. That's that's part of going to a new place, though. It's right. like you're trying mm -hmm. to figure out all sorts of things that you're newly exposed to, right. whether it's just inherent to the the language or the food or, or just getting used to a new motorcycle or to a new comms unit or whatever, or right. GPS. And so. so then we have... Ordering food at a beer garden. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're going to come to that. So, Scott, how was the rider meeting for you? It was good. I mean, I was trying to kind of figure out who am I going to be on the squad with, <laughs> right. as well as you know, the, I had the same Santa experience that, that that you two did, Patrick and Laurie, with my kids. And of course, you're always listening to somebody breathing on the com. So I actually really did like the push to talk functionality. Right. For as big a group we as we had, you you kind of need it in the multiple channels too. Right. Which is great because as we broke up into squadrons, each squadron had their own channel. So um, we don't encroach on other. So there's not this in incessant chatter yeah. unless you're on my squadron. I'm just <laughs> yakking on all the time. So for being good ducklings, then we went out to the beer garden on Sunday night. Um, it, authentic German beer garden and right. authentic German food. Um, how was that? Schnitzel's always amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is part of the lesson that I was trying to teach people is like, yeah, of course, you're in Germany and you can go to a beer garden. Well, guess what? There's tons of beer gardens that are set up for the tourists. What if we go in the opposite direction of downtown and actually go to a beer garden that's meant for locals? It means that you're going to pay less money for pretty much the same food and equal quality beer, and you're going to get a more authentic experience. You're also going to see a few things on the menu that you won't normally see at your traditional right. beer garden, because it turns out Germans like chicken wings. But do they wear later hose in there? Yes, oh, they yes. do. Oh, yeah. You, you can go to any beer garden in any town, and there will be at least one guy and one woman wearing traditional dress. This is, it's hard to explain. This is the drinking outfit. If you're planning to tie one on or you're going to something formal, which usually seems to involve the same thing for some reason, you're going to go into something formal and then you're going to get blithering drunk. Yeah, you're supposed to put on your leader hosen and if you're a woman, put on your dirndl. Yeah. And that's just how it goes. 
I think another nice thing about the beer garden dinner is that we're all trying to figure out how to pay with currency that we're not used to handling. <laughs> and just kind of you figure it out. And it, that kind of enabled us later on in the week in Italy. You stop for a gelato, you know, mid-afternoon or something, you know, espresso and avocado, and you just figure it out with the locals, right. and it's not hard. What really impressed me was how patient the, like, servers and all the staff at the various establishments we went to were, like, they all had their own, like, giant leather like cash register essentially that they carried around with all the change and the satchel were, yeah they were willing just... to like split the bill on a oh, their yeah. little machine for like a million people sitting at a table which was amazing yeah like, splitting the bill is not this huge laborious herculean task that you've asking a waiter or a waitress to do it's just like oh okay you want to pay separately no problem well half the no, time it, they were surprised that we were paying together uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's based it's based strangely enough on an honesty system mm-hmm. they ask you what you or they ask you what you ordered uh, because they have a list of everything that was ordered. They ask you what what was actually yours, and then you pay for it. It's an it's an honor based system, right? It's the same when you pump gas. You pump gas first, and then you pay for it afterwards. Mm-hmm. There's a concept. But so we had this authentic beer garden meal. We toddle back to the hotel. Some of us with woolly heads, and this really is authentic. We're walking through a neighborhood to get to this beer garden. So we walk back to the hotel, which is about a 15-minute walk, and it's the big day. It's the big day. We collect the bikes. And the, the, the bike place is right across from the hotel. This is the largest. Is that the largest BMW dealer largest, in Europe? It's the largest BMW dealer in, San Fran, I'm sorry, in, in Germany. I know that. I know it's, it's Germany's largest one. But what's inside it, of course, is... The is BTS, which is Bike Travel Service, the the rental agency. They're inside it, and they have their own desk and offices as well. Right. It's a regular dealership. Oh, you got me excited there. You're talking about the Korean pop band. Oh, BTS? <laughs> yeah, well, they play there Sorry. sometimes. Right, right. So what was your experience, Patrick, renting the bike? You got the bike you wanted. Yeah, so picked out ahead of time with Kat. Like, since I was knew where you'd be riding with Lori on the back, um, like, an appropriately sized motorcycle since neither of us are like the tallest people and uh how much stuff we were going to bring so what did you um, rent so we ended up picking the bmw r 1250r mm. um and it was an amazing bike uh they had like a super fresh one for me they only had like i think 300 kilometers on it when i picked it up um to the point where i was like wondering if i should bed the brake pads in or not since <laughs> it was so new um but it was just like super shiny and beautiful. It had like top case and side cases and absolutely drop dead gorgeous yeah, paint scheme nice. as well. I think yours was the most admired bike on the whole trip. <laughs> Every parking lot, some crusty old German or Italian would come up and drool all over your bike. Emma, you were also drooling all over it. I thought it was a great-looking bike. And, you know, the stupid thing is that is consistently the worst-selling bike in the BMW lineup. Wait, no windshield or nothing? No, naked. Nope. Oh. Nothing. The Autobahn it's, was really fun as a passenger. <laughs> we got, I think we were hull limited to about 100 miles per hour on the, that right. bike on the Autobahn. Wait, you <laughs> sat on that teeny little seat back there? I did. It's, oh, my heck. So, it's, um, it's not that bad. It wasn't that bad. It, it was quite they roomy. They are quite roomy. It, yeah. Um, Scott, what did you rent? R1250 GS. You I got the it. GS. You got Standard. the big boy. Because yeah. you wanted to try something new, huh? <laughs> I'm an old man. I can't change that much. <laughs> right. So, I've, got, I mean, I've got an 09 GSA here, but 
and I was a little worried that the 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 GS be too tall. But it, since it's the rally package, not the adventure, right? The bike fit me perfectly. And the scary thing is, I'm starting to look at them and starting to price them out. And thinking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I you, really really like that. You bike. are not the we first person to have bought a new bike after this trip. Yeah. So um, you jumped up 14 years in development, but you were happy with the condition of the bike. You were happy with your experience at BTS because, of course, they all speak fluent English. They're very they friendly. Yeah, oh, they were I, amazing. When I picked the bike up, I noticed there's a few, just a, just some wear marks on it that made me worry less, right? Nothing that's <laughs> worn out or damaged, but it's like, oh, this bike's been used and loved. And the first tank bag they brought me out, the zipper was broken. They swapped it out like that. It was great. They took good care of us. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. So the ride, very first day. It's quite a long day because we we basically go from Germany to Italy to our destination in the first day. What is that? Seven hours riding, eight hours riding? Yeah, it's it's well, it's a seven hour day for me. It's about an eight and a half hour day for most folks right. because you're you're taking everything in. You're stopping for lunch, but also this is the toughest day for everyone. I heard that consistently on the interviews because they're figuring out the GPS. They're figuring out how to communicate with each other. They're figuring out traffic right. signs. This is why we break people into specific roles. You're going to be the leader. You're going to be the navigator. You're going to be sweep. So it's not – you don't have one person trying to so do it all. You, Patrick and Laurie, drew the short straw. You were in my squadron. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Yeah, was it? <laughs> no, it was literally <laughs> the best. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, First day, how'd you do? Oof. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it's a lot of getting used to. You're riding in a different country. Yeah. You are getting used to the bike. You're getting used to the... Each other. Navigation. You're getting used to the radio. It's a lot. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a lot of learning. But um, Germany is a very organized place. Yes. And at least... the. The little bit of traffic we did come across um, was very forgiving, and the, the roads are immaculate. And for the most part, you didn't have to worry about cars weren't a, like a, mm -hmm. doing anything crazy like they do here around right. Santa Cruz. Yeah. Um, um, so it was like as good as could be for having so many new things thrown at you at once. But after the first couple hours, it got much easier once we were out in the beautiful countryside. And I was going to say, along. what did you think of that scenery? Isn't that in just southern Germany? Is I always forget how just pretty it is. Yeah, it's like, as you go away, like Munich is a very nice city by its own right, but as you start to get away from it and towards the mountains, it just gets progressively more like pretty. You start to go by beautiful lakes and open farm fields and then to some smaller mountains and then to like actual mountains and it just keeps ratcheting up the views as right. you're going along and just these pretty little white houses with red roofs it seems to be that's the the uniform um but just drop dead gorgeous it's, it's as though hansel and gretel have they've killed the witch they've taken over the cottage they gave it a fresh lick of paint they had themselves three kids bought an audi and a beamer and this is where they live right and uh, flower boxes in the windows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Always it's flower just, boxes it's, in it's the It's still window. got that fairy tale look to it. Yeah. Even though it's very modern and everyone's, you know, living their modern life. It's just like, are you aware right. you live in quaint? Now. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> your experiences, Scott, first day. Uh, the first day. There well, was who was your team captain? 
Uh, I was I was unfortunately with Cat. <laughs> okay, very good. Wow. Was pickle squadron for the first day. Anyway. He didn't intervene too much. There were nice warnings about okay in Austria, don't speed. Okay, that yep. was helpful. Same things though about you know getting used to the radio, getting used to the bike. Uh, it was pretty quick with Joe and Josh in pickle. We we hauled ass in that squadron. Right. Yeah, because I mean pickle tends to be the fastest squadron. Goal tends to be the slowest, not necessarily because of riding, because we just stop a lot and take lots of pictures. Yeah. Yes, yeah, your definition of slow is Gold is always the first ones to, to get in, though, because they work really mm-hmm. well together, because Emma teaches people to work together. It's right. because mm-hmm. of the sweeps. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the third team called? Well, there's... Um, there's the, red and blue. Oh, red, blue, pickle, and gold? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Am I rogue, missing the theme? Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. And oh, rog, and rogue Squadron. Rogue yeah. U Squadron. Yeah, yeah Rogue Squadron. <laughs> yes. Ragu is spaghetti sauce. Rogue U. Okay, all, four, of them, four of them are all based off of Star Wars. Okay. Gold <laughs> Squadron, Red Squadron, Blue Squadron, Rogue Squadron, and then, the, then there's mine, which is Pickle Squadron, because all of the tour guides <laughs> who work for Layout Escapes belong to First Pickle Squadron. You're going to and explain that, the logo? Yeah, that, that's a story in itself, because the Germans, they don't say the shit hits the fan. What do the Germans say? Scheiße. <laughs> well, yes, but there's something about pickles going well, on. Well, no, bottom. no, no. This is, this, is, this is my Italian partner. My Italian t- partner, Enrico, says, as soon as the tour starts, the air becomes filled with invisible flying cucumbers. And you never know when you, as a tour guide, are going to have one of those pickles fly straight up your ass. And examples of pickles are, hey, cat, I think I left my passport in the other hotel. Oh, okay. Um, and the other one we got, but just before this tour was, hey, cat, we're at the top of Passer Pordoi, and both of our bikes won't start. Really? Both of your bikes? Yeah. Tell me, was your bike smoking a little bit today? Yeah, actually, it was. You filled both bikes with diesel fuel. Oh. Oh. And now that's, you know how to that's, diagnose. that's a pickle. Or that's a cucumber, and you've got to turn it into a pickle. So, well, Cat, if you spend enough time looking around this room, we'll see if you can find all of the Star Wars things in it, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which there are many. <laughs> but you know, it's things come up, and you just have to deal with them. Yep. I remember somebody on the trip oh. came to me very, very panicked and said, "I've lost my passport. I've lost my driving license." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Okay." Um, and of course, inside you're like, "Oh." Fuck, 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 fuck. Yep. You think, okay, um, when was the last time you had them? And, uh, well, I had them this. So what we can do is we'll get in touch with the consulate and we can actually get it so we can get you home. But more immediately, you know, we need to figure out a way of getting you to ride the bike. Do you have your American license? Yes. Well, in a pinch, that will do. It's not strictly speaking legal, but you can at least ride the bike. Yeah. Um. I, and I think I suggested go back and just thoroughly check the area that your bike is in. And they found their passport. And was that so, the top box? Yes, it was, the, <laughs> it was the top box thing that popped open. Latch your route. top box. Latch your top box. So, you know, it's just it's maintaining the decorum when things go wrong. So end of day one. We, we make a stop in Austria, we make a couple of stops in Italy, and we end up at the Hotel Contarina. Anything you'd like to say about that? The bar was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they took the great bar. care of us that first night. And we all needed it. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, they yeah. know because this is Kat's go-to hotel. Mm. So they know we've been riding all day. They know we're filthy and grouchy and tired and hungry and thirsty. And they really do take very, very good care of us there. Amazing hospitality. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like being in Germany, like the hospitality is good, but it's very German. And then when getting into Italy, it was like a warm embrace of the, everyone's so like smiling and animated and like just gave you energy after a long day of riding. And right, right, right. It was awesome. This is a family run hotel. This is the fifth generation that has taken over, just recently taken over. Julia is now the manager of the hotel. Her mother, Tiziana, is there from time to time. You'll see her. And also her grandmother will poke in from time to time. Oh, three generations. They've been running the hotel since since forever and of course you guys know silvano silvano <laughs> yeah. you can't miss silvano so he's he's the guy behind the style of the bar that's for sure um cat <laughs> said something very profound to me very very early on in the tour last year he said when you travel you should always try and seek out the resort towns not the tourist towns the tourist town is a town that existed long before the tourists came and the tourists come and say, oh shit the tourists are coming again and they're treated with that attitude. A resort town was built entirely on the custom of the tourists. So that everyone is there to serve you. Everyone is there to make sure you have a good time. Everyone really wants you to have the best time possible because that's the entire livelihood of the town. And um, that really is... Well, actually, the hotel's actually in Alba, isn't it? It's it right is in Alba. The, it's just outside of Canazai. Yeah. Uh, it, we it, always it, say the tour's in Canazai, but it's right on the border with yeah, Alba. But I've run into, the, I mean, part of the motivation for this tour was I have been in the Hotel Konigstein, which you've been in, and I've run into motorcycle riders who are picking up their rental bikes. Oh, well, you guys are going for a ride. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're from the States, or we're from Australia, we're from South Africa. Oh, really? Where are you going? Oh, we're, we're, we're heading to Bolzano. That's your first hotel, Bolzano. Okay, uh, how are you getting there? Oh, we'll, we'll take the highway. And I'm just banging my head against right. the desk because Bolzano, as you guys who've been there know, Bolzano is a big industrial city, which is a real pain in the ass to get in and out of. And it's really not that welcoming to visitors unless you're maybe a, a businessman coming to buy, oh, I don't know, several metric tons of dolomite marble but for the most part it's it's not a place where that's particularly welcoming to visitors whereas the entire region of the dolomites the italian alps has been catering to visitors for the past hundred years right and i'm like you guys you're, you're going to the wrong place you're taking the wrong road why are you even bothering renting a motorcycle so part of the the aspect of the tour is please folks if you're going to take a trip abroad plan ahead don't just oh we're going to wing it because right. you end this, up going this, to the wrong place. Yes. Yeah. And okay. question from the cheap seats. Yes, I want to get to the good stuff. Did anyone crash? <laughs> That's the good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, Define uh, crash. I actually, I crashed oh, I heard about a lime scooter on the very last day of the second trip. But as far as a motorcycle, no. Um, Patrick and Laurie, did we have adventures along the way? 
I think when, we we when, did we did. When, when wasn't? Did we? Yeah. Um, you know, memorable <laughs> adventures for you. <laughs> Seeing me patch up an injured bicycle. Oh yeah, that was that was one especially where we're just coming around a corner up to the I forget which pass specifically, but um, through a cute little town of maybe like a dozen structures or in total. Um, come around this corner, all of a sudden there's a guy laying on the side of the road, uh, just blood streaming all down his face and forehead. There was blood um, everywhere. All, yeah, all over the cobblestones. Oh, yeah, a um, bicycle next to him. Yeah. A, a bent bicycle next yes. to him. So e- Emma does a flying dismount off of her motorcycle, and we all have, luckily there's a turnout, we all pull in and uh, hustle over, and Emma's already on, on the ground trying to take care of this poor cyclist who, uh, I don't know if he had like a interaction with the automobile or if he just came around the corner too I fast think, or I what, think he but... was just going too fast and he, he had this huge egg on his head, which was, of course, just bleeding terribly. Um, and I was checking. He didn't have any fractures, but he was very, very banged up and he had a little bit of a concussion. And, you know, it's just stuff like that. And um, did, did, it, did anyone besides the bicyclist crash? No. Really? So none. So everyone handled their bikes good? Everyone handled their bikes amazingly well. Did we have any photos that had to be submitted to BTS in the middle of the week? Mouse? We had we had one we had one broken brake lever. One broken brake lever. <laughs> okay. There That's was it. some talk about security deposits at the hotel. Right. But the insurance was good. And so yeah. some guys if they you know fell down at zero miles per hour or something. And I like mean that, I yeah. I was gonna say Part of the trip, these are very large motorcycles, and some of them are quite top-heavy. Every trip, there is a bike that ends up upside down by the side of the road. It's kind of the nature of the trip. But it's not a crash. It's just somebody loses their balance if the camber of the road's wrong, or they pull up smartly at a stop sign and just topple over. Um, It's the switchbacks to the right that do them in. Right. But we don't – there's no crashing. We don't tolerate crashing on the trip, sweetie. So here's a question for you. Um, yes. How is it uh, with the road signs? Are they in English, or is that a whole other thing you guys need to learn? Torante. To follow road signs. <laughs> yeah. Asphalt. Asphalt. Torante. Or is that in one of Nancy's emails? <laughs> no, I mean... It, it, it is. It was. It's, it is. Yeah. it's mostly... It's very it's, graphic. The only thing you've really got to watch, it speaks for itself. You, the only thing you really have to remember is you can ride like the wind, but when you come into a village, you shave off the speed as much as you can because there are speed cameras at the beginning of a village and at the end of the village, yeah. and they they do not want you to speed through villages. Yeah, 50 kilometers per hour in the middle of the village. Sometimes it's 70, and you'll see it marked 70. Most right. of the time it's 50. But it's always very, very clear. And the GPS on the bike will show you the correct speed limit, mm. and it'll show you if you're speeding. Um, but in between villages, you can wick it up. If it's a lot of speed limits out there are a hundred, yeah. And you know we were doing hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty oh, yeah. easily between villages. So, Cat, I'm going to make an observation here. Mm. You're known normally for your very high end kind of dream. Trips on a MotoGP track. I think of it as high end. It's just it has to. It gets a bit expensive because of the track. But still, it's it's a it's it's like a higher end, really splurge, amazing trip. Um, I'm used to trips that have 
crashes and death roads and that that kind of <laughs> stuff. But it seems like you've managed to still have a kind of an extravagant trip on a budget. Because yeah. what I'm hearing is we come back to like pasta and, and a bar every night. Like we're riding nice bikes and the yeah. views are amazing. It's like you've managed to make an, an affordable, my, extravagant trip. I've put together my best values. <clears throat> Contarina is a good value. It's not a four-star hotel. It's a three-star hotel. But it's done very nicely and the hospitality is fabulous and they, they charge appropriately for it. Um, we splurge, I think, for uh, an expensive dinner with Silvano on his Femita. I think we're paying right. like 60 euros a person for for a really good steak dinner. Um, and the the bikes, the bikes are reasonably priced with BTS. They're not ridiculously right. expensive, and they don't try to cheat you when, when you damage the bike. So I'm giving you my best values. Yeah. And I go back to my original concept. Um, if you are clever with the flight... And the flight really is everything. Hmm. I got burnt with the flight because I left it too long and I actually had to pay two grand for a round-trip flight. Um, But if you're clever with a flight, you can do the flights, the vacation, the food, the booze, the gas, everything for under $4,500. Easily. Mm -hmm. Everything. And that is the cost of a cheap used bike. I've got a 2006 SV650 down at Mototown right now for that money. <clears throat> so that's the cost of the trip. Yeah. All right. We should talk about day two because so, day two was, uh, was a trial. Well, no, day two was the best ever day for a lot of people. <laughs> so you're, you're going on a different ride every day. Well, you choose your ride. And so what you need to do, now at the end of day at the end of day one of riding we're all installed at the hotel contarina we've showered we've washed the funk off and we have this little brochure which scott has passed to liza and you choose with your squadron the route you want to take that day now if i remember right day one was beautiful and sunny yes Day two was beautiful and sunny. It was and good. Day was good. three was peeing was, down. It was day three. Sorry, well, it, was, day three. <laughs> it was the end of day two. The rain started coming in. Right. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, Scott touched one. a thing. Scott <laughs> smashing Scott up the, the joint. Too close to the Poor wall. whiskey woke up. <laughs> yeah. um, so you choose, and there are routes there that are three hours long. And what you can do, you can do a three-hour route... Come back, have a little bit of lunch, and then do a four-hour out in the afternoon. You can do the Stelvio, as Scott did, which is an 11-hour day. Ooh. We did that Thursday. Yes. We, we made perfect use of that schedule. I, <clears throat> what I loved about day two is, is like, now you're on your own. Mm-hmm. And so Joe, Josh and Joe and I took off, and we did the, um, what is it, the three passes? Right. The, Stelvio. The, the recommended one. We did Stelvio Thursday. Okay. Wednesday, we set out to do Stelvio, but the weather sucked. Right. And so Bolzano was our Waterloo. Okay. With all the rain coming down. And we called it off at like 10 o'clock. It's like, we just don't want to do it. And one of the groups actually did do Stelvio on Wednesday, but we did Mangan Pass mm-hmm. on Wednesday instead. And by like 11 a.m., we were out of the rain. It was awesome riding. We had a great time. 
And I, I wish we had done that because we tried to do Stelvio on Thursday, just the day after you. No, Mangan. We tried uh, to do Mangan. Mangan. Yeah. And the was, pass was closed, was closed. Right. because they had a landslide. We got yeah. so lucky. You got yeah, really lucky. So you guys yeah. really were lucky. And that's when we actually, so it's the funniest thing. We were coming back from Mangan and we were just cruising around. And by this time, Patrick and Laurie had split off on their own and they were doing Patrick and Laurie things because they're newlyweds and they're just so cute. They look big with each other. They don't want people around. And we're listening to the radio and suddenly this chatter comes up. And I'm like, that's Patrick. And it gets louder and louder. And then they appear miles away from the hotel and they just go, boom, come in the other direction. I'm like, what? How wild is that? We, we were just littering the entire Dolomites with with people from the United States on this tour, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I want to say I'm very impressed by this book. This is like a bound book that you make. Oh, it's yeah. the real deal. With all the information you're going to need. And then I see that Scott has even written notes in there. Mm. and I made it my journal. <clears throat> yeah. made, and which is really, this is really Great. Oh, yeah, we, we designed it so that there were extra pages in the back yeah. and everyone gets a pen that's shipped to them. Mm-hmm. Everything is shipped to them before they leave so they can make notes. This, this is encouraged. This is part of learning to right. do it yourself. And if you look on the cover, there's a delightful picture of me and Kat. <laughs> yes. All right. I would like to talk to the entire motorcycling community about something that is not delightful and something that I, frankly, am just fed up with because I've been doing this for 10 years now. And you know what? I am sick of motorcycle gear that calls itself wet weather gear. It isn't. (laughs) There's no such thing. Exactly. There is no such thing. It's always the crotch. Oh, it was the boots. Oh, the boots. (laughs) And the gloves. Okay, if, if if I've never had a pair of quote rain gloves that were worth their salt for more than thirty minutes in a downpour, they become giant sponges, and yet manufacturers keep calling this stuff rain gear. It's not. Why do they keep doing this, and why do we, as the riding community, keep accepting it? Uh, including Gore-Tex. Gloves? Yeah, Gore-Tex is the worst. Gore-Tex, it oh, it won't absorb water. No, it will within thirty minutes. It'll completely absorb water. It turns into a big giant sponge. So while we're on the subject, there is something for for everyone to remember about this trip. It's in July. Check, which is great. It's high <laughs> summer, but we're in the mountains. Mm-hmm. The weather can change. Yep. Day one, glorious sunshine. In fact, in 2022, day one was a heat wave. Of epic proportions. I became one with my leather pants. (laughs) Um, But day one, glorious sunshine. Day two, glorious sunshine. That was the day that we stopped and um, had coffee and had lunch and was just cruising around. Day three. Uh, Just a quick question. Who was your designated pants peeler offer? I had to get in the shower, <laughs> get my body temperature off to get them off. Um, day three, it poured down, absolutely poured down. Hmm. And like a lot of people that morning, the this electric storm came in at night. And the hotel, the air is so good. You you actually you want all the doors and windows open. Um, and that's how you sleep. And this electric storm came in and I actually got up in the middle of the night and the lightning was striking all around the hotel. It was amazing to see. 
Um, we were right in the middle of it. And I thought, oh, you know, this is this is going to be trouble. And when we actually had breakfast, it had stopped. And so we all suited up and got moving. And I think, did you go out with me? You did. We yes. did. And we got as far as, I think we got about 30 clicks out of, can it say, yeah. and I'm like, guys, I can't keep you safe anymore. The rain was just <laughs> lashing down. It was, it was it would start to get worse, I feel like, as we were progressing. There was some thunder and lightning as we were riding on the, the bikes up the mountains. Yeah, so. and it was striking either side of us, and visibility was bad, and the road conditions were bad. And my bike stepped out a couple of times. No, and Liza's got it right. You know, within an hour, <laughs> huge, big, giant puddle, and you know it's coming, and you're like, I've been breached. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you've got a huge puddle of cold water right in your The one place they can't get it right. Exactly. So, what we did was we actually turned around, we went back to the hotel, and I said, Look, I'm going to jump in a hot shower, get my core temperature up because I was cold and miserable. And then we reviewed at lunchtime, and that turned out to be a great day, didn't it? Because the sun came out as quickly as it had gone away. Yeah, it disappeared. And that was, we found that like amazing cafe or something for a late lunch that day, right before they were closing. Right. And it was like, just, yeah, compared to how that day started weather wise, uh, it did like a complete 180 and was probably one of the nicest days in the afternoon. But I think um, the key is on this trip, with any trip, you need to be flexible. Yeah, we uh, went out and did Twisted Core that afternoon. And everyone, you know, we, we picked up a few people along the way. We're like, oh, you're doing it too? You're doing it too? Oh, you're doing this particular route? So we saw some of it. I went out specifically sort of hunting for other people in our group to see that everyone was doing okay. Because I knew some folks were out there. So we did Twisted Core and we, we ran into, I think, five five or six other riders. Did anyone get lost? Well, that was the day that Emma decided to take us a little bit farther than expected. Yes. Much farther than expected. Yes. You guys go. We were about 45 minutes away from the hotel, and she's like, okay, we're going to wrap it up for the day. It's about 5 p.m. We'll get back by 6. Yes. And we ride, and we ride, and an hour later, she's like, maybe we should pull over and check. (laughs) We were an hour and a half away from the hotel now. Yep. And so... We turn around. Well, I, I, ah, you guys went straight back to that because you had the big gas tank. We did. I had to stop because my as soon as we started, I, I figured it out because my way of thinking was if I can get to Cortina, I can get to Canet Say from Cortina. Hmm. That was one of the best things about yeah. the pre-work, about uh-huh. the navigation thing and having to look around on, right, right, on right. curvature. So anyway, yeah. so... My gas light came on right outside Cortina. And I'm like, shit. So we had to turn around. And, and you were like, I'm done. You two were like, we're oh, done with we this. We're, to be back. Going, we're going back. We, we were getting hangry by that point. Yes. And and the, sun, got- the sun was going down. They only had a tinted visor. Right. And, and there was quite a marked <laughs> tone in your radio <laughs> transmissions. So we I took thought, half the group with us. It's yeah. Yeah. yeah we, no, it was, it was a mutiny. J- yeah. Just a, and quite a rightly mutiny. so. So um, there were just two of us left. We have a question from the audience. Yes. So I've never, I've never been there or ridden there, and I'm trying to get, oh, get an idea of what the road's <laughs> like. Where in the U.S. would you most compare these riding roads to? Okay, you've done Ebbets Pass. 
in Cal- in Northern California here? Uh, yeah, I have. Okay, yeah. really super twi- tight, twisty oh, going Highway like 4. Through Reno up there, you mean? It, no. It's well, past, past, it's past from, Angels Camp. It's like between know. Stockton yeah, and Reno. It, it, highway 4, Ebbets Pass, very tight, very windy, lots of switchbacks. Take that times 100 because that's really what you've got. Miles and miles and miles and miles. So, like going through the Sierras, just lots of windy roads, right? No, on steroids, much see, more that's, windy, that's much more this twisty. Shirt, this shirt is just oh, same thing over and over again. More switchbacks, back and forth. Yeah, back and forth. well, that's the one side of Stelvio, as you now know. The south side of yeah. Stelvio is more fun. It, yeah, it was but, awesome. Um, Italy knows that the world comes here to play, and so they maintain the roads mm-hmm. with that. In mind, mm. so, so also a lot of bicycle races here. Yeah, right. So yeah. the roads are perfect and they're grippy. So you're saying like like the dragon? It's that is that amazing? <laughs> the dragon, the dragon's a joke. Completely, absolutely a joke. Completely different compared to. But this. in the U.S., that's uh, what we got. Okay, but take the dragon times ten thousand because okay. and add in massive mountains. Massive okay. mountains. the altitude change because. Dragon doesn't yeah. have the altitude change. The Blue Ridge parts of the Blue Ridge yeah. maybe kind of like that. Okay, it's, right. But, but they I have, mean, what, six thousand feet. Yeah, yeah, but you're dropping, right? And certainly when you drop down into Canatsay, you can see the road below you, and it's just impossibly far down. And you're like, man, I'm going down there, and you just zigzag down, mm-hmm. yeah. drop down into the mountain, and no shoulders. It's it's there's narrower roads. Than stateside, yep. and you, you get very used to doing shoulder checks where you're looking over your shoulder. Yeah, you know, switch come, approaching an apex with switchback, but you're looking up, uh-huh. maybe yes. a couple hundred feet or Good. more back because uh, you're looking for big. Good, you're doing to, like, it. Figure out if there's traffic coming down because the roads are tight and the elevation changes that much in just right. a short distance. Or a, a right. car passing a bicycle, and you got to really spot that ahead of time. All right, I'm a bagel. Have you been where they're talking about? I have not really. I've been oh. to kind of the very western part of Italy, uh, near uh, you know, kind of near the French Alps, but uh, haven't really gone up any big passes. Because are they talking like Babusar? Yeah, I is think that what we're talking about? Okay, I got to put it in. Yeah, that makes sense. That, yeah. Pakistan language. Okay, but, great. I, I sent you a video with right. video of it. I mean, it's I all, it'll be in the it'll be in the show notes. People can see the right. video of the tour. I've been doing this riding bikes for a long, long time. This is by far the most challenging riding I've ever done, but it's also by far the most rewarding because you you push yourself to do well, and you get good. You get really, really good. Um, I know your riding improved amazingly over the course of a week. Yours too, probably, Scott. I think so, honestly. Yeah. There was no yeah. choice. It had I mean, to yeah. get better. Right. When, when you're riding all day, every day, for days on end, like, you have no choice but to get better. And like it, between the start of the trip and the end, like I can't even compare like how much more proficient I am now, especially with Laurie on the back, like right. as far as doing twisty roads. And oh, like y- you two were absolute troopers. It was, it was amazing to watch how you hustled that BMW around with Laurie on the back. It was, it was beautiful to watch. I mean, Cat and Nancy is something to see. 
um, with you with the, with the selfie stick on the back. I have a question for Lori. Yes. So what is your, as a passenger, are you riding like, I'm just going to stay still? Or when you're riding roads like that, are you getting into the leaning and working with him too? Well, it did take some adjustment because I didn't really know what to expect at all. Um, I did ask a bunch of people what their best advice was. Mm-hmm. And they said, follow what he's doing. Mm. Look where he's looking. So if we're coming around corners or turns, look where he's looking. And that helped a lot. Oh, so you're so you're actually yeah. working with the bike too. Yeah. Right. Wow, that's I had to. It made it so much more comfortable. The first day I was very stiff. We were getting used to the bike. And I mean, that, that was a challenge in itself because it was all day riding. And by the second day, as soon as I loosened up and kind of flowed with the bike and him, it, it helped a lot. Nice. And Mouse, do you do the same or do you just sit there and let him do all the work? He can tell you that he knows <laughs> from years and years of the two of us riding together that he can tell just from how I'm shifting around on the bike. If I'm turned around looking backwards, shooting <laughs> off the back of the bike, or if I'm leaning off the side of the bike and doing a, a low down shot. <laughs> so what you've got to understand with these two on a bike, it's very, very disconcerting to watch because they're working completely independently. Cat yeah, is like... holding onto the bike and maneuvering the bike about. And Mouse is sitting on the bike, or back of the bike, and she's got this stick with the camera on it. And it's up there. And now she's down there. And now she's over there. And it's incredible to watch. And in the meantime, they just overtook you on the apex of mm-hmm. a turn completely safely. <laughs> it's a wild ride. It really is. Um, We've gotten kind of good at it. Highlights of the trip, Patrick and Laurie, that you would like to share. Let's start with you, Laurie. What was the highlight of the whole trip for you? There can be many. Drinking with Emma was <laughs> wonderful. Sne- sneaking. I wine. have videos. Was she asleep under later. the table at any point? No. Okay. No, I am quite a boozer on these trips. Yes. So I'm ashamed. You're to also say. known for crawling away and falling asleep under things. No, I don't do that on these trips. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, drinking with Emma. Drinking with Emma. Um, just going over all the passes. Absolutely incredible. Especially different times of day. So, we'd go, you know, we'd go to the same pass several times, but different times of day. The clouds are different. The lighting's different. The cows are in different spots. There's cows <laughs> everywhere. Fantastic. Moo. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick. Have to wave at the cows. <laughs> Wait, Bagel, how does a cow moo in German? Moo. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the name of a, G, uh, a BMW GS, the GS1250. In German, it's the, the joke term is it's called a Renku. It's a racing cow. <laughs> oh, Even the Germans yeah. know the GS is not a good-looking bike, so they call it a racing cow. Bagel, is that moo with an umlaut or without? <laughs> that would be uh, me. No, without. That would be me. <laughs> Highlight for you, Patrick. <sighs> Man, I... Uh, I don't know if I could pick just a single thing, but like the whole, like, I guess like really like the scenery is so beautiful. The food's so amazing. Like the motorcycles are an awesome way to experience it all. But like, really it's like the people that we got to spend time with and like, like going with Emma and like getting to make like all sorts of new friends and stuff. And like, there are some really cool people. Okay. But who, but who drove you crazy? I mean, also Emma. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I am quite high maintenance, darling. She's a ball of energy. I have, yeah, and I mean, you were so surprised. It's like a couple of times, she's like, where the hell? 
hell does she get her energy from? Because <laughs> yes. from the first well, thing, I'm like, go, go, go. And it's all those espresso stops we were making right. all throughout the day, I think. I think that's that's got to be part of it. But it was go, 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 go. And then at night, I get to about 11 o'clock and I'm like, done. That's because you had two bottles of wine. Yes. But There's well, an unspoken rule of everyone is someone is someone in the party doesn't mean to make sure that she gets back to the hotel safely. Yes. Yeah. So everyone was the designated Emma Herder. Um, Scott, highlights for you. Uh, several of them. One of them was spending the whole day at the BMW Museum with you in, on the Saturday when we got back. The, was that the B- Did we go to the BMW or the Fair Cares Museum? The no, BMW, it was BMW it Museum. It was the BMW Museum. Yeah, truly yeah. a treat. And then riding the Lime Scooters through Munich, that was a kick. But on Tuesday, um, as we get out of the valley and we kind of got into clear road up on that first, uh, I have to kind of consult what the heck was uh, that? I mean, It was. Uh, I have to say, you made a very impressive note, and I am so pleased to see all the notes that you're taking. And even so far as, you know, this is the estimated time we need to get out. This is the time we actually got back in. Um, this is the things that I need to check on my helmet. I mean, I'm, I'm very impressed with the note-taking you were doing. Thank you. This is an excellent and useful keepsake. We did sell around on Tuesday, and like mid-morning, actually it's shortly before lunch, we're going up these sweepers, we're completely out of the traffic, and we're in these switchbacks, and she's like, this is amazing. And that was one of those moments that really hit. Just the aha yeah, and then that afternoon, um, the three of us, Joe and Josh and I, stopped. That's when you had, uh, Kat and Nancy, just passed us on the GS, and you were heading out someplace else, and we stopped for uh, a mid-afternoon gelato. And just, you know, this beautiful little balcony in a small town, and the bike's there. Uh, of course, the Stelvio thing was was cool, did the tourist thing, got a couple of T-shirts and pins and stickers. and yeah. Of course. But, I mean, let's go there. Any bad experiences at all on the trip with people, with equipment, with... No. I don't, I don't think so. And I know, you know, I know you mean that truthfully. Yeah. Patrick? No. Like, it's, <laughs> it's rare that I feel like you have a, a vacation, which is what this is. Like, yeah. it's a yeah. really awesome vacation where something doesn't happen that, like, like kind of throws you off for a little while or something or upsets you about like the travel or experience or something. But like, this is like, there was some like little rough spots here and there, but like overall, like this is right. was an incredible trip. Like Scott. so much fun. You know, if there's any downside, it's coming back to normal life. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't <laughs> feel special anymore, but I had a you know, really special trip, <laughs> special memories. Scott, I didn't even know that you were going on this trip until I saw pictures of you there. Was this something you had been planning for a while or was it an impulse? I think I got in pretty early. Uh, I know it I filled up. Like, what's, what's Scott doing there? <laughs> you hadn't even mentioned that. I well, thought that was I funny. I get to have fun too sometimes. So, yeah. Um, this, trip, this trip will change your life. It will absolutely change your life. And I don't say that lightly. We have had a history now over two years doing two of these trips and one of the Castles and Curves, which we're going to do another standalone show on that because that bears its own show of people going home, getting divorced, people going home, getting married, people going home and buying move, bikes buying bikes <laughs> people Whoops. going home and just dropping their career and doing something completely new with their lives this is a life-changing trip and the best part for me and cat and nancy 
we're going to do it again in 2024. And it's just going to get better and better and better. Uh, a, a comment I have about the life-changing part. I mean, it's build as a trip, learn how to plan your own tours in Europe. Yes. And you know I've ridden around other countries before. Yeah, you've and you got ask the skills, me, man. Why the hell did I book? For, it's like, well, because on the other trips, I've been like following my buddies around, people I work with, whatever, and doing right. this trip with. And now I know how to do it myself. And a lot more confident doing that than I would have been otherwise. I think that actually really ties into a question that I wanted to ask the three of you is that what are you most proud of accomplishing at the end of this tour or at the end of this trip? Yeah. And I'd like to just add on to that. What did you learn from this trip that you can apply on your own? I think for me, the reason Patrick and I booked this trip was because we were talking to Emma and she said, this will change your life. I didn't know what that meant. But coming back from the trip, it's, now you do. Yeah, it's giving me a new perspective on living, right? Wow. Oh, just like, deep, yeah. But it, that it, I can, I can literally do anything I want to. I can go so, anywhere I want to. I can adventure in a different way than getting in a car and driving around. So, would you just sum it up and say life is better with schnitzel? <laughs> oh, by far. life is better with German beer and Aperol <laughs> spritz. Lots of hefeweizens and Radlers. But um, no, let's make this simple. Could you do this trip on your own next year? Yeah. Yeah, totally. But it's more fun with right, other of people. Of course, it's always fun. There's nothing better in the world than riding with yeah. your friends. Nothing better in the world than that. But you could do it on your own. Mm -hmm. Scott? Yeah, it, it unlocks the door, right? I mean, before it, you sent us that pre-work on the GPS and planning routes, and I failed it multiple times. Said, up oh, too boring, too boring, too boring. <laughs> it's like, oh, you put all the curvy routes in Germany and nothing in Italy. And it's like, yeah, good point. But after running with the GPS and learning how to trust the bitch, as Josh and I called it, <laughs> and how to deal with four, uh, four screens uh, in the cockpit, because you got the TFT on the bike, and the GPS is above that, <laughs> and then the thumb wheel for the GPS, too. And then I had my phone for no reason at all on the mount <laughs> and then the the insta 360 camera which was worthwhile yeah but, so uh, yeah um yes uh i have a question for cat and mouse yeah. seems like you've put a lot of work into creating this this book that tells you everything including how to put in all the waypoints or your for each route how long it take all the things have you thought of offering that book for sale to people who aren't necessarily on your trip but want to go there it no. would Okay. It, it would take okay. it would take you hours and hours to put in the the waypoints, but honestly, the, the waypoints are not the secret sauce. The secret sauce is knowing how to go to the Dolomites and going, oh, that's a mountain pass road, right? Yeah, you see the elevation changes, see the elevation change. Oh, see the curves. Yep. Oh, I bet you there's a gas station there in that town, and then you can do it. Right. You can do it on your own. You don't right. need to buy the book. The booklet, you need to learn how to do it, how to make the book yourself. The booklet only becomes relevant to that trip. Mm. It would be like a, having a booklet, how to speak Italian, but we're all <laughs> speaking French. It, it, the booklet is part of the trip, and the trip is part of the booklet. Mm. All right, I have another question for you. Um, you've written in a lot of places all over this world. Mm-hmm. And you know, you said like the uh, the dragon, which is really one of the U.S.'s like biggest like attractions for a curvy road, not so great. So it's I would a, like to know. It's I would like miles. to know what are your top five in the world riding destinations? Well, we haven't been to all of them yet. Yeah. All right. Well, but so far, what are your top? Top five, and where does this fall in the top five? Well, the Spanish Pyrenees have a lot of the things that the the Dolomites have. Um, 
but they're quite not they're not quite as visually stunning. But the things the Spanish Pyrenees have over the Italian Alps is they have less traffic. Yes. The Pyrenees are, are an absolute blast. I tell everyone you have to do the Italian the Italian Alps at least once, just because it's just so crazy. Paso Mangan is is sort of my you gotta be a serious rider to make it to the top of Massapet. Paso Mangan. That that's like a qualifier. It's very difficult road. To me, Stelvio Stelvio's for tourists, Mangan is for, for serious riders who really want to challenge what, themselves. It's very, very narrow, and it's very, uh, very, very tight and twisty. Mm. It, it's it's nuts. There's, there's, there's barely enough room on it for one car. As he likes to say, this is someplace you'll never see a tourist bus. Yeah. Mm. No yeah. tourist bus could make it here. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. I think of other places. I mean, I think um, Highway 36, Serpent to the Sea in Northern California is a fabulous road. Oh, right, right, right. You know, you have t-shirts for that. Yeah, we've got one here. I think that's 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 a true Northern California road. Um, But I think the upshot, and I promise you, this isn't the hard sell because you know, I'm I'm not a saleswoman, but. Sign up for the 2024 trip. Actually, it is the I think greatest you, sorry. T- time you will have. I think if you just see pictures, they speak for themselves. Well, we'll put a link for the put a video. Link to the video. Yeah. I mean, yeah. pe- people are people are happy. They're having fun. They're figuring stuff out. There's, you know, there's occasional moments of God damn this shit. You know, <laughs> and that's gonna be that's gonna happen anywhere. Oh God, it's a Fiat Panda <laughs> for the <laughs> right for the cost of a cheap used motorcycle but you, you can get this and it, but it's the joy of seeing people accomplish something and realize get over their fear this is really something right. that i always end up coming back to is it's the fear of the unknown can right. i do this mm-hmm. everyone comes back with a, a better sense of confidence a better sense of self they're not afraid uh for me coming back to the u.s was it was I don't want to sound uh, that I'm not grateful for my country, but coming back to the U.S. was a big letdown. <laughs> I agree. Well, it's, it's dirty, different. Works. It's just different. We don't take care of our people. Yeah, right. No. We don't take and care the of infrastructure spaces. Well, I, I'm I'm going to add add to uh, what you're saying about it's life changing. Um, and you guys tell me this is true because I mean, I say the same for going to Pakistan, life changing, oh, yeah, but definitely. what it is, is traveling someplace like this gives you a different perspective on well, it's life. A bro- it's a much broader perspective. A different perspective. And that's when you say life changing. Right. Is yeah. that you have a different perspective on life when you come back. And that it, that is kind of fascinating. I mean, I guess and that's just part of the travel in general. Exactly. Yeah. And personal growth is always great. And you know you 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 start off as person X. You go on a trip like this, and you have all these experiences, and you ride your motorcycle in a different way, and you eat different food, and you talk a different language, and you experience this different culture, and then you come back as person Y. It's fantastic. Um, I have another question for Cat. Mm-hmm. Could you do the same tour? On Vespas. See where I'm going, Bagel? <laughs> yes, we have talked about this. Yeah, you can. But again, this is where Bagel and well, I... There's a but. This, this is where Bagel and, I, Bagel and I differ. <laughs> I have not... Actually, we've seen them. 
We've seen them up there. there oh, there yeah. There are groups of Vespas up there, and like, <laughs> yep. I'll, I'll clap, and I and I and I get a big thumbs up to to the guys who are doing it. But to me, it just wouldn't be as much fun for me because I want to. <laughs> I want to take that turn at a proper I mean, speed. I to me, I love the Vespa for what it's for 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 in for getting around the city and using it for what it's for. I want the right tool for the job. But I will give a big thumbs up to guys who take oh, that little teeny bike. Obego makes it a right up, tool <laughs> up into uh, up into the high mountains like that. Is it possible? Yeah. Um, I would have to find out where to get Vespas, though. That's the tricky part. I think Italy. Yes. Yeah, you'd have to get them out of Milan. I think you would Probably. have to get them because I can see day one and day five being a bit of a problem, just yeah. covering that, amount, yeah. that yeah. distance in that space of time. Well, Bagel, could you see yourself putting together a tour? Do you think you could get enough people to come on a, a tour? Oh, I, I think we could probably arrange that. All right, we can do it on scooters. I mean, I can get you. I can get you guys the hotel con- contact information, but well, there's no way I can fit on a scooter. Let so. me let me ask you this, then, Cat. Mm-hmm. You've already got this tour with Emma, the Dolomites, and then the Castles and Curves. Mm-hmm. Is there another place in oh, the world, definitely, that you think would be an amazing scooter tour? And I want to see if, if it's a place Bagel's already been or not. I, I want to see what, what, what do you think? I'd say probably then that, that another one, because we're planning on trying to make a Tuscany, uh, a Tuscany tour. Ooh, and that would be, be good perfect because there's, the, there are hills, but they're not as steep. They're not going to be as restrictive. It's going to be more sweepers and hills, not heavy, big mountain passes, which are just going to load up the uh, a tiny little scooters. Engine, but lots more sweepy stuff. With and it's a place where scooters abound. These scooters see right. back and forth between well, the towns. They'll be fine. Let, let, let me just <clears throat> let me just say that the Vespa GTS three hundred is not a little scooter. <laughs> no, but it, it um, has I the can't rent to them. In, it. I can't rent them in in Munich. I'd have to get them out of Milan right. or Rome. Yeah, but the the judgment I was um, using with scooters, bagel. The smaller yeah. capacity motorcycles, the 300s and the 400s, were struggling up the mountain passes yeah, sure. because it, it's it a it's a very very heavy grade. Yeah, a lot of sweet- and those are much heavier bikes than a Vespa is yeah. with the same engine size. It was fun to be able to haul ass up that stuff with yeah. a big bike. That 1250 just ripped that stuff up. We would every time we see scooters in the Alps, we fly right by them. But because it's a different experience. Yeah. yeah, but it's, it'd be a different true. experience yeah. and a fun one, nevertheless. So look, well, um, well, I was I was wondering if maybe I could ride my Vespa over there and join you guys at, ooh, on a tour. You're welcome. Yes, challenge. That's, that's, challenge that's, that's is a, thrown. Yeah, that is that is something I have been considering for a long time, and would love to do it. So, so um, maybe here's what we're gonna do. We'll put the feelers out just as we did at this time last year. If you are interested in signing up for the 24 trip, just send a little note. I mean, we're not taking names or, you know, uh, anything formal right now. Just give us an idea of numbers. We are going to make a couple of changes to the trip. Oh, who who messed it up? Who? <laughs> No, who did something wrong? Nobody messed it up. Nobody on this tour. Nobody Mm -hmm. messed it up. The only real change to the tour, and um, you've got to bear in mind that this was included in the cost of the tour from day one. We're gonna make graduation from Yamaha Champ U School mandatory. Um, Love it. Big thumbs up from Scott. Yeah. 
I There's no skating on that. Because that's the only yardstick we have of riding ability, and we don't want anyone to get above their depth. And the only other thing I was thinking, Kat, mm -hmm. is we're not even going to mess around with the two tiers of the insurance for BTS. No. Let's I, just include. We could we could include it, uh, so the insurance. And the other thing I would like to do for Liza's, Liza's benefit is I'd like to have the tour one month earlier. There you go. I'd like to run it in June. Oh! You Which will means, release Anna. that will release me to go to uh, vintage days, yeah. which which is very upsetting well, to me. I'm gonna that say I I'm on the fence because it's it's pros and cons. Because yeah. this has been our thing that Emma can't come to, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, but now Emma can. Come. Okay, well, no, she's really good, good at the good. vintage stuff. Yeah. I know, I know, and I know. So those are going to be one, amazing. two, three. Now, what we were talking about when you rent the bikes. The standard bike rental agreement is um, you have a $500 deductible. And let me tell you how deductibles work. If you do $501 worth of damage to the bike and you return it, the BTS will say, oh, can I have $500, please? And they will take $500 for you and they will pay a dollar and then the bike gets repaired. There is an option for 50 euros that that is reduced down to $100. And just about everybody takes it because you could bring back the bike in a, you know, in pieces and the most you will pay is 100 euros. Well, because everyone says, oh, I'm not going to drop the bike. I'm not going to wreck the bike. And then what happens is they put down their foot on an off camber right. and they fall over. And an engine case and a muffler and a brake lever. It soon mounts up. So I think... Champion, mandatory. Yep. You've got to yep. graduate. Yes. If you want to come on our tour, you have to graduate from mm -hmm. Yamaha well, Champion. Are they available all over the country? Or? Yeah. Oh, it's online. It's, it's, it's online. online. Oh, it's online. Oh, it's online. Oh, okay. I, the, I, you know, I took that after what? teaching for 33 years, and right. there was stuff in Champion that we didn't cover. We don't cover in the basic class. Right. I liked it so much, and I signed is, up my son for it. And this is this is Fast Freddy Spencer like School. Driver's yeah. Ed Actually, online. Yeah. This Except is, for it's cool. Way better. I, I want I want everyone say. to be quiet, and I want Scott to say that again. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I, of course, I completed the thing online. I learned things in that class that we don't cover in the basic class after te teaching for MSF CMSP for over thirty years, and I liked it so much I signed my son up for it because he's twenty and I want him to survive. Mm -hmm. Right. There you Thank go. Thank you. Yeah. So, champion. Graduation mandatory. Mm -hmm. We're going to include, and this is going to get rolled into the cost, we're going to include the insurance so the maximum deductible on any of the bikes is $100. Everybody takes it, so I even give people the option. Yep. And then number three, we'll move it to June. Yep. One, two, three. Sign up for 2024. It is the best time you will have. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to go through and make things live to available for sign up in about a month it'll be available for sign up but we won't have exact dates yet until i get all my track dates and then i have to squeeze in uh the motorcycles and misfits dates in between my track dates but yeah so right now we'll be doing um dolomites tour we'll be doing the castles and curves tour and I want to make sure that people understand these are two separate tours. So we're going to do another standalone show with your permission, Liza, yes. about the castles uh, and curves and get in the guests. Different tours. They are very different. I'm going to be gone in a couple of weeks, so so that will be an ideal opportunity, and we'll get. <laughs> well, you know, Cat can't come for that. 
Yes, I know, because he's away with you. <laughs> yes. But Mouse, <laughs> Mouse can. Mouse can. I can. Yeah. So we'll get. She's Miss Castles. She knows more about the castles than I do. Right. I mean, it really was your tour. I thought mouse. she. I thought you were the castle, and she's the curve. Nope. She's she's <laughs> all about the castles. Um, so how about while you're away, we'll get Mouse come down, and we'll get a couple of guests who were on the tour, and we'll talk about the castles and curves tour. Yeah. Can Can I talk for a second about where where Cat and I are going? It's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Well, first, I wanted a, a big shout out and thanks to all. I, I'm calling it our UK group. Yeah, I put the word out uh, for UK listeners who wanted to be a part of our tour somehow, some way, and created a WhatsApp group. And uh, we've been posting questions. Kat's been posting questions and getting routes and suggestions, yeah. which is really helpful. I've and, got a few more questions for them too, but it's been very helpful. Hoping to kind of tell people where we're going, when we're going to be there, and have people come out. Meet us and join us. So I wanted to make sure if there's anyone else in the UK who would like to be a part of this group, just email me at motorcyclesandmisfits at gmail.com and I'll add you to the list. Yeah. No, I got great tips from the UK folks. Uh, somebody suggested if we're going through the Peak District uh, above the moors that we need to stop by the Cat and Fiddle pub. Yeah. Which apparently, apparently the, the pub, is, to get there, of course, you have to go on this amazing road. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> Cat and Fiddle it is. Away we go. So we are going. We are going to the Cat and Fiddle so, in the middle of the Peak District. So we are going to be um, – oh, you don't know this, Emma. I've, I've arranged – What, 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 what? Uh, some some special things we're we're going to be doing. One, I uh, gave a little uh, call to our friend Elspeth Beard and asked if I could have a tour of her water tower. Home. Oh, and she, is she giving oh, you wow. the tour? Yeah. So we're hoping. Yeah, we're hoping to line to line that up. Okay. Um, and I was going to um, ask you, Cat, uh, if I should reach out to another friend uh, for, of the podcast for when we're on Isle of Man. Carolyn Sells. Oh, Carolyn, yes. Our schedule while we're on the Isle of Man right now is very open. I've left it open specifically because I don't know the schedule of the events that are happening right now. And this will be my first time at the Isle of Man. Well, so if we've got any local people who can show us around, it would be most appreciated. Considering she was the first woman to win a race on Isle of Man. Awesome. I thought she'd be a great person to reach out to. and I'm sure she knows the course And it well. is her yes, home she does. now. And has been yeah, for many yeah, years. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she grew so, up there. Um, Fabulous. Um, oh, oh, so yeah, we're going to go to to Isle of Man during Manx. And this is the first year that Yuri Berrigan didn't get selected. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Unfortunately. Poor Yuri. Um, but we're planning on going to the Triumph Factory mm -hmm. up in Birmingham. Is, is, no, that's not how you say it, darling. Um, is Yuri still <laughs> doing his porno videos? Uh... The last one I saw was a Civil War reenactment, it so it's hard to tell. Pig one. <laughs> um, no, no, they weren't porn. They were like hip hop, weren't they? Wasn't he in the in the background no, no, of no. a hip hop? He, he's an actor who gets acting gigs. Yeah, yeah. So okay, uh, is, is, wait, it's not Birmingham. So, shades of hot. Birmingham. Oh, you actually use the H? Yes. Oh, I'm so used to. Do you know English what somebody? Do you know what somebody out. from Birmingham is actually called? Uh, wait, yeah, Brummy. Well done. Yes. So we're going to go to the tram factory. Um, and uh, I've put on my list some things I want to do, which is one, visit the Taskmaster house. Right. Which he... you got to show me what this is. No this idea is. what this is. Uh, well, I need to know where it is so I can put it on the map. It's nearish London. 
Okay. Well, let me know. Unfortunately, you can't visit Britain's crookedest pub in Dudley anymore because it burnt down yesterday. Very upsetting. And um, I want to go to Clarkson Farm. We are going to Diddley Squat. Oh, yeah, to Diddley Squat. Oh, oh that's great. Laura's I'm so what? excited for Laura's you. Laura's dream. I know, right? We're going but to Diddley Squat. And yeah. something that... Uh, please, chase, please chase some sheep for me. <laughs> oh, my God. Something that Kat threw on that I'm, I'm excited about, too, is Silverstone Raceway. Silverstone, yeah. Yes. That's where the MotoGP was just held today. Right. Yeah, it's the longest MotoGP circuit on the calendar. You gonna get on the track or just to go? Oh God, I wish. But it turned out it turns out there's a hotel that's right on the track. This is the second time I've run into this. The other the other one is this four star hotel on the on Bruno circuit. So if I can figure out how to do a track and tour to Silverstone and stay on the circuit, that'd be fabulous. I just have to find somebody to provide. And then oh, we're we're not finished. And then somewhere we haven't figured out where we need to figure this out where. But one of the things, another thing, I'm this is my list of all the amazing things. In UK, hmm. I want to go see Speedway. Um, have you been to Speedway? Oh, many right. times. Oh. Yeah. Do you guys know what Speedway is? We're trying yeah. to figure out somewhere while we're staying in Brecon, somewhere in Wales, where they're holding Speedway. We yeah. will ride three hours out of our way just oh, to yeah, go yeah, see yeah. Speedway. So, if you don't know, Speedway is really in UK's version of flat track, but these are with no brakes. And they have it's a team sport, and teams travel to other teams' tracks, and they have like race night, and it's a team competition. Pool pirates, and it's, with it's Ivan a, Major. That's going these, back a few years. These bikes are a one speed. Yeah, single speed. A single speed, no brakes, and they just start sliding them in the corners. Five hundred cc single, but stupidly and it's quick. Crazy. All right, I'm game. Crazy. Yeah. Methanol burning. Oh, they. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Run on methanol. They're Ah, wild. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, The smell is incredible. And they're they're so lightweight. It's basically like a Schwinn with a Triumph motor. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. They're so lightweight, and they just go out there and go on the track. You are going to have a brilliant time. But they have, like, their uniforms on and stuff, and there's scoring and which team won, and it's it's fascinating. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I saw a documentary on on Speedway, which I which got me into Speedway. Is there anything else, Emma, that we're missing? That I mean, like Ace Cafe bike show. No, I think I mean anything else. I was gonna say you've got it covered. I I mean, the best thing. I'm the wrong person to ask because I've been here for thirty years, and I'm as much of a tourist as anybody else. But oh, I sent you an email. Forwarded you an email about a museum, a racers museum that. Okay. Sammy Miller? Oh, that, Sammy, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Sammy yeah. Miller Museum's amazing. Yeah, yeah, Sammy Miller Museum. Yeah. Oh, and then, of course, the, the National Museum I want to go visit. Yeah, yeah that's, we're doing that the same, yeah. same day as, yeah, as yeah, the yeah. Triumph Rider experience. It's also, also near going, right. it's, Birmingham. Yeah, because yeah, Birmingham. Birmingham. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Plan enough time. That's an awesome museum. All right. Well, we've got one day to do both of them. So, so look, if you are interested in that trip or any of the other trips we're doing. Are you doing a stumper stand in 24? No. Well, go ahead. Well, he did chump stumper stand. I did chickastan. So next year it's co-ed and it's chumper stand. Okay. So chumper stand. <laughs> so it work, working title. <laughs> I like it. Keep it. So if you are interested in yeah, any awesome. of these trips coming up, what is the address, Liza? 
Motorcycles and misfits at gmail.com. There you go. Oh, we also have the the uh, the Hollister rally feeling? on the uh, on the calendar now too. For oh, March. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I know we're 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 just in the middle of summer of twenty three. We're already like getting fired up about next year. But yeah, um, we've now made it available to sign up for our rally. Our rally next April eighteenth through twenty first. Scott. I'm local. How can I say no? Yeah, I know. At Hollister Hills. Last year, we had a limit of 50 people because Hollister Hills didn't know how many people we could fit in the campground. We had loads of space. So we're now making it a limit of 75 people. So for a weekend rally, it still is a small, intimate affair. And just like kind of your your trips from that one location, there's so many different routes and riding yeah. you can do in Hollister. Be right. it dirt, adventure, Street, whatever. There's so, uh, long trips, short trips, I similar had, kind of thing. Yeah. It, I, I mean, even though it's, it's in Hollister Hills, which is basically a dirt track course, I took Rufus and I did all the street riding. You did great, except for the <laughs> driveway <laughs> to the to the campground. That was not a good experience. <laughs> <laughs> On Rufus. You're supposed to put it in Enduro. <laughs> Don't yes. you have an Enduro mode? Ed, no, mine's got an Ed Neuro mode. <laughs> um, can I talk real quick about um, something that I'm dealing with right now? Yes, you can. I think it. I think it's a good idea. Um, tread carefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been. I mean, I've been talking about it. I've been posting about it. Um, and to me, this is just another journey that I'm going on. Though it's not a journey like the ones you guys are going on. Um, <clears throat> So you may know, I've talked a lot about my Benelli little mini bike I have in Ohio that right. I use for vintage days. Yeah. That I got sent to Virginia and had a sidecar put onto it that then got delivered back to Ohio and didn't work at all. <clears throat> and I mean, Bagel was there. What I'm saying is it was um, not engineered well and it was not installed correctly. Would you say that's true, Bagel? Yep, I would agree. Yeah, it's just simple. Um and so shoddy uh just a lot of things okay um uh, i am now in this position of having purchased something through on a website not paypal not amazon not you know ebay <clears throat> where i'm unsatisfied but i don't have one of those uh, right uh, what do you call it? you know i don't i don't have somebody i can go to and say hey right I got an issue and I didn't pay with my uh, credit Very card because I just, you know, sent him a, you know, bank payment paid for it because this, this is a small business. This is uh, somebody who makes little custom bikes and then also the sidecars, just a little, I think, you know, small business. It's not a large company or anything. So I'm unsatisfied. I would like to get my money back. Getting it fixed is quite troublesome considering again having to get the bike and the sidecar delivered back and have it all re-engineered and I, I just don't think that even if they remounted it that it, it really does the job so i've been looking at this process of what what can one do right and if he continues to not respond to me what is the recourse? And I'm just being transparent because in this day and age where we're doing all sorts of online commerce, right? You know, it's now not a big deal to find a website and order something from somebody. What what do you do when it doesn't go right? Well, and you see, the thing is, Liza, you you kind of did everything right, but you kind of did everything wrong as well. 
Because the thing to remember about E-Trade, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll, we'll classify this as E-Trade. Yeah. There are a lot of companies that have been built up based on E-Trade. eBay is one of them, of course, is one of the big players, as is Amazon. There's Etsy. There is Timu. Um, Golden Boy Chuck Drops. What's the one that you like? AliExpress. Banggood. Banggood. AliExpress. (laughs) And all these things have... We bought stuff on Alibaba. (laughs) Yes. But they all have one thing in common. They were all set up exclusively as Mm e-commerce entities. And as such, are very transparent about money-back guarantees if you buy something and you're not satisfied, because they have to be, to be in that business. The the best advice I can give you, and unfortunately is a case of closing the gate, the horse is already gone, because I know you reached out on the interwebs about this. Oh, I'm, and I want to be clear, I am still in the attempting to communicate right, through right, different right. avenues. I'm going down that road but for But pretty for quite much a while. Every, everyone has said to you, you're on your own with this. If you are going to do this in the future, if you're going to buy a car, you're going to buy a product, you're doing something on out of state, Mm -hmm. the best advice I can give is use your credit card. Your credit card, whether you know it or not, does carry a money-back guarantee. And if you buy something on your credit card that you're deeply unsatisfied with and you let your credit card company know... They will refund you and then chase the person or do an investigation of the person. And if they find that you were supplied with shoddy groups, they'll sue that person. Meanwhile, you already got your money back. Same with PayPal. A lot of people have nothing good to say about PayPal. I am not one of those people. I think PayPal is the most wonderful thing. They've gotten me out of the crap so many times when i've ordered something from ebay that was described this way it came through as the most appalling piece of shite i just call i call it paypal and i say this thing's garbage they say right the money is back in your account it's as simple as that and then they chase so um so i wanted to so what i did was i started looking at um so that's for you emma so um I started looking at, so what does one do? And it seems like uh, if it's under 10 grand that you go to small claims court. And my attitude is like, I've never done that. That could be interesting. How does this work? It's a life experience, right? (laughs) Like, uh, and you know, some people are like, oh, you need to just use your podcast and destroy them. I'm like, I don't want to destroy the guy's business. But, you know, I want to go through the proper channels and do everything right. Because maybe I am wrong. You know, maybe... I did get exactly what he said, you know, who knows? So uh, I looked into small claims court and I actually contacted his county's court clerk and said, hey, I am an out of state plaintiff. I learned that phrase. (laughs) Um, And I'm curious, how does it work if I was to sue somebody in your your small claims court? Um, And they said, well, you can file online. I said, okay, would I have to be present in, you know, you know, go across the country? And they're like, yes, you would. So I'll have to be present there. Okay, um, here's a couple questions. How much time am, am I given when you assign my court date? Because some say they might assign it in five days. 
Right. Like I was researching, like in general, how the system mm-hmm. works. And at this court system, they're about three, four weeks out. I'm like, okay, so still, if you have to take time off for work and stuff. Whereabouts is this? Virginia. Oh, boy. Yeah, all the way across. Uh, I'm like, okay. And the other funny thing is when I start asking a question, it's like, we cannot give legal advice. We cannot give, I'm like, I'm asking about your system, mm-hmm. how the system works. And I said, would it be possible to request uh, to a judge an online uh, appearance since I am cross country and my witnesses are in other states as well? She put me on hold. She comes back. She goes, no. Which I also found very interesting for a couple of reasons. One, during COVID, a lot of courts went on to, you know, virtual court systems. So the system exists. And also because there is so much online commerce, I was really, I'm really kind of fascinated by the fact that there isn't a resource for this and that I would have to go in person and present and hopefully just have affidavits collected from my witnesses, which may or may not be accepted if they're not there in person. And I'm just, I'm just finding the whole, whole system uh, interesting. And best case scenario, if I was to go and win, it will cost half of that for me to go there. So um, it's, it, to me, it's just an interesting that our court systems haven't caught up. And again, I'm still at the, I'm going to try every other step along the way. I've got a lot of resources to do. But just just going through the system to experience how that works. And again, I might go there and completely lose, you know. In which case, not only are you out the X thousand you spent on the sidecar, but the X thousand you spent getting there as well. You're not from around here, are you? (laughs) Well, you have to wonder that if you are dealing with a Virginia Virginia company and a Virginia court, and then you are the upstart coming from California, um, if I, there may be a little bias. I did spend my first 10 years in Virginia, and I would buy a Virginia's for Lovers shirt and wear it to court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that would help. But um, no, I'm just, uh, I'm just being um, transparent about the whole experience, because there's a lot of people who may buy something right. online and go through something like this. And uh, so I'm just finding the whole thing interesting. But worst case scenario, I have, I have a plan. It's probably just as bad of a plan as my first plan of buying the sidecar. My plan is to get the sidecar shipped out here to California and Put it on the Amigo. Let's pick the most dangerous motorcycle in the garage and latch it to it. It's all an extension of good, bad ideas. I have this suspicion that the Amigo will actually become safer with the sidecar (laughs) attack. And, you know, I have some experience about setting up sidecars. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, I'll be sharing this journey along the way. but it'll be interesting to see how this works. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to throw this person under the bus who designed it. I mean, it was from the get go. It was a dumb idea. The fact that there's somebody who's making a product for people who have dumb ideas, like bully on him, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just waiting for people like you. <laughs> Uh, but I no, think that's but, why XC is six. No, there's but I do believe every minute. And like and like Bagel and John saw mm-hmm. there was something not right. Uh, there was a few things not 
right about it. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, it's, it, it's hard because I run a small business, and believe me, I get a lot of customers who come in who want me to do dumb shit. And I generally, I'm, I'm quite good at what I do because I give people what they want. But even if you're doing dumb crap to somebody's bike, it has to be done to a certain standard. Um, the idea is not to kill your customers, because if you don't kill your customers, they can come back and spend more money, you see. Yeah, but I mean, the bottom line is if you have a, a motorcycle with a sidecar that if you sit on it, it will tip over standing still, you're, you're starting with a problematic problematic uh, right. sidecar. <laughs> it's not working. So, um, yeah, I'll be sharing that. Um, and, yeah, it may cost more, but I'm kind of curious about the system. So we'll see. Or maybe I just go to Virginia and show up and knock on his door. I'd like to have a word with you. No, I, th I think that would be an extraordinarily bad idea, Eliza. I'm liking it better than you going to court, though. Yeah, it may be better. The court systems may not have been caught up. Um, and then uh, last thing I wanted to say was um, thank you, Emma, for helping both John and I today. Yes. Oh, the Bergman the, is Berging, isn't it? USS Stumptown. Somebody said I should also call it the Ingrid. The Ingrid? Oh, Bergman. God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That kind of fits it, too, though. Um, yeah, so, John, you got the Bergman all back finally, together. Yeah. That, was a, that was an ordeal. Running. Well, no, I mean, I was yeah. away. Yeah. And then um, we simply ran out of time last week, which yeah. was my first weekend back. But even after you got it together and buttoning it up, and then it wouldn't... Wouldn't start. Start is like oh. we had a track and electrical problem. Emma, yeah. you really had to hustle, and yeah, it no, was I not had. a simple. There's thing. nothing. Generally, um, there is nothing straightforward about scooters. Things are in odd places. <laughs> things that should be in the front are in the back. Things that should be in the back are in the front. Things are underneath layers of bodywork and mm -hmm. are hidden. Um, I can't. I, uh, Bagel is nodding his head. He knows. Oh, you yeah. know. The so, amount of plastic on that thing was just impressive. Ridiculous. It, <laughs> shall I tell you what's got more plastic than your what, Bergman? What, what a maggot. Liza's Africa twin. Really? Oh, really? Uh, oh, wow. Layer upon layer of plastic. I remember. So when I worked at Monroe Peninsula Passports, um, the Africa twin had just been released. I find that I believe you can see the engine. Well, just hang on a <laughs> second. Um, so this head salesman, Jim, God bless him, came in and said, oh, I've just sold a brand new Africa Twin. And as a sweetener, I've included heated grips <laughs> as part of the sale. Oh, no. Can you fit them? <clears throat> and I was naive. I said, yeah, of course I can. How hard can it be? <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Four hours later, oh, just man. layer upon layer of plastic. It's wild. But I agree, there's a lot of plastic on the Bergman, yeah. but you're riding. Um, um, it's back up. Yeah. And Yay. your Triumph, so charging problem. The Triumph that, uh, that I bought like what, six weeks, two months ago. It's a welder. That I really haven't, I haven't ridden yet. More people in the garage have ridden it than I have. Because people have been test riding it. Oh, it's a lovely And yesterday thing. I was finally like, I'm going to go ride the bike. So first off, I go to start it up and the battery's flat. Click, click, click. I'm like, yeah. So I got out the booster, took off the seat, jumped it, got it running, threw the booster in the side bag, because you never know. You never know. And That's I true. and as I start to ride, the get the uh, low gas light comes on. I'm like, 
Motherfuckers, whoever wrote it last used up all the gas. <laughs> and I get about a half mile from home. I'm heading to the gas station and the bike stalled. I'm like, crap. Get out the jumper, start it, get it going. I get about three car lengths, it stalls again. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. So I have to call my family to bring me a gas can so I can put more gas in. Okay, they leave. Oh, much thanks. You know, I owe you a big favor. Get out the jumper, the booster, start it. I start going. It goes about four car lengths, stalls again. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm impressed with your booster at this point. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, wait a minute. I realized I boosted it again, pulled the booster off, waited, and about 15 seconds later, the bike died. Yep. And I'm like, wait a minute. Not charging. It's not charging. So then I had to call my family back. Come back and get me. <laughs> yeah, somebody got free breakfast today. Um, I just came back, got the trailer, brought it home, put on the multimeter, flat, no charging. So this morning I set out to find out what it is. First off, trying to find where anything is on that bike is a big mystery. And I'm just literally poking it and trying to find where is anything on this bike. And it was only by accident when Megan came by and I was just standing there about to give up talking with her. And I looked down and saw the red wreck right below the headlight. I was searching all over. Below the headlight? I was searching wow. all yep. over the bike for yeah. this thing. I couldn't find it. Well, now, hang on. There, so, is, there is tradition there. Yeah, the Zener diode was always there, right? Yes. Yeah, but you keep yeah. it cool with the airflow. So I found that and wires went into the back of the headlights. I'm like, all right, got to get into the wires. Pull the headlight off, and right away I saw burnty bits. Mm. I saw a connector that had two wires that had burnt and were just hanging in the air. And that's bad, right? Yeah, (laughs) melty bits. So I'm like, ooh, that's not good. So uh, thanks to Emma, she's like, uh, yeah, 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 you should be able to just, you know, uh, replace that. And I just went into our, you know, save every old wiring harness because you can always cut connectors and and pieces and wires off and spliced and soldered put it together got it got it running and charging you know triumphs are very very sensitive to charging they need good batteries and i think but the 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 sign is these melted wires copper wires were green from so it's been a while so this is a long time the guy who sold it to me said, I just put a fresh battery in. Didn't make a difference. And well, then that battery went flat, so I bought a new battery, and that yeah, went flat. Right. So we don't know how long I, this has been burnt out. I think what happened was the the probably the original battery that was with the bike went bad, and he went through the whole thing of keeping on a battery tender yeah. and yeah. just kicking it down the road. And destroying the charging system with a shitty battery. So that's what happened there. So thank you. I just want to say thank you. Um, Real quick, we got some emails. Bagel, you have one there to read? Check. Yeah, you check that. I'll read this one. Uh, This one is from Johnny says, Hello, Misfits. Johnny Powell here. I love that name. I really enjoyed listening to the recap. How do you spell that? 
P-A-O or... P-O-W. Really? Pow. Johnny Pow, like Kung Pow. That's why I said, yeah. I'm a little, wow. a little so, jealous of that name. I know. I really enjoyed <laughs> listening to the recap of your Mid-Ohio weekend. It sounds like you really packed in a lot of fun once again. I'm really bummed out that I didn't make it there this year, but I flat out ran out of time getting my vintage Triumph Cub ready for the trials competition and also wasn't able to work out how to fit the nine and a half hour drive each way. To get there. Right. Um, Liza, glad to hear that you decided to go check out the trials. Uh, He said he's he's competing in a lot of trials and was explaining to me about how um, there's different number plates for your for your division and that you then have to take that why they had different routes to choose. Right. And um, yeah, it was really cool. So hopefully he's going to. Get his bike ready for next year because now I'm more excited to go watch. Well, drives. I shall be there next year because I'm. And I'll root I'm on. Yeah, because we're going to Germany in June. All right, Bagel, you got one. I'm not seeing it. Okay. And I I may not be so great at. That's all right. Tonight, I, I, I got it, Bagel. I got it. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll read it for you. Do it in Bagel. This one in Bagel's voice. Is from. <laughs> this is uh, from Andrew. Uh, he says hello, looking for some advice. I bought a 2021 Vespa Sprint as my first bike, and it's time to change the oil. The user manual that came with it seems to say to take it to a shop, but I'd like to do it myself. I tried looking up a manual to buy, but there doesn't seem to be any recent ones available. I might be missing something, but I'm hoping you can point me towards a resource that will tell me what to do. All right, Bagel, 2021 Vespa Sprint oil change. What do they do? Um, I would recommend going to... uh, the uh, Motorsport Scooters YouTube channel, where uh, our friend named Robot will, oh, yeah. ha- he has all kinds of wonderful tutorial videos on how to work on Vespas. And I I am quite certain that he has a video up there for a 2021 sprint. I don't, I haven't checked, but I, I would be willing to bet there is. Um, in terms of where to get an actual service manual, though, <clears throat> I I don't know if those are sold to the public. Um, Emma, do you know if those are? Generally, service manuals are going away now. Um, the manufacturers, they're yeah, they're going online, and to access them, you need access to the dealer website. You know, it's very, very hard now to get information about modern bikes. Hate to say, it, YouTube is a great yeah, resource. Forums and YouTube—that's yeah. where I saw it. Yeah. But I will say also that there are. Uh, Vespa manuals that have been distributed online by third parties, say, uh, that are the actual official shop manuals in PDF form that you can download. Um, I'm sure Vespa does not uh, condone this, but they are out there. And there may be, it may be possible to find a 2021 sprint shop manual. So you'd recommend well. give it a shot and do the oil change himself? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I endorse okay. that kind of behavior. I don't think there's anything fancy to it. It's new filter and an O-ring, I think, um, and cleaning out some bits. But, yeah, I'll look up a video, uh, see if you can maybe find a manual. But there's information out there. You just have to hunt for it a bit. If not, Bagel, should he just uh, ring you up? You'll walk him through it. <laughs> well, I haven't worked on 21. 21 <laughs> okay. I'd have to research it myself. All right. <laughs> um, we got time for one more. Emma, you got one there? Um. I feel that this email is going to generate some interest from the interwebs. Um, if you're thinking about writing in about this subject matter, don't. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> um, so this is from Caleb. Hey, Caleb. Hey, Caleb. Hey, everybody. I'm Caleb, a long-time listener, first-time caller, as they say. 
although I did send you guys an ass load of gear a few <laughs> years back that you gave me a shout out for, I really need to thank all of you so you could indulge me for a second. I'd really appreciate it. You see, I'm a relatively lonely and miserable bastard most <laughs> times. I'm a Washington, D.C. police sergeant, oh, and I've wow. been in this ridiculous game you. for 20 bizarre years, and I'm pretty much a walking stereotype when one thinks of all the shit associated with being a <laughs> city cop. Recovering alcoholic, divorced, pack a day of lucky strikes, history of failed toxic relationships with a touch of PTSD. The Sounds like my ideal Ooh, man. The wow. first step is admitting your problem. Life of the party, right? Anyway, the main thing that brings me joy is motorcycles. Well, you and me both, darling. Mm. And in that vein, so does your podcast. Oh, that's very Aww. sweet. Very nice. That's why I owe you all a huge thank you. Even the crummiest kind of blood and guts type of shift filled with dueling concepts of hilarity and tragic human suffering. I always know I can fire up my back, put up my helmet, listen to your podcast on Bluetooth, and learn cool shit and laugh my, laugh my ass off at the same time. <laughs> I like this guy. You have no idea how much this means to me and has done for me and will continue to do for me. It's really a port-in-a-storm type of deal for me. So mm. again, thank you. Anyway, down to business... I have two questions I could use your opinions on. I've basically been an ADV bike guy for the past 10 years mm -hmm. or so. I'm currently on a Triumph Tiger 900 Rally Pro. That is a very good that's bike good indeed. Bike. My God, that's a good bike. Great goddamn bike, by the way. Yes, it is. It's my commuter tourer and dirt road machine. That being said, I'm considering trading it for a 2023 KTM 890 Adventure. Oh, Why, you may ask? Well, it's my bucket list ride, besides Rally for Rangers, of course. <laughs> it's to do the Trans-America Trail in its entirety yeah, okay. from North Carolina to California. And I have... Hang on. And I have a... Have a feeling that the KTM would be a lot better suited for it. I realize I'd probably be giving up a lot in terms of highway manners, of course. So I'm having a hard time deciding if it's worth a permanent trade or should just try and power through the prettier, more fragile and more expensive Tiger. Thoughts? The second question is me looking to ask you all a favor. As I said, the terminus of my trip is some damn place in California. And I figured while I'm out there, I'd sure like to come by the garage and meet everybody. So the favor I need to ask is this. Can I have a set of new tires shipped to the garage so that they're waiting for me to put on my ride home? Of course you can, darling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If not, I totally understand, but I figured I might as well ask. Anyway, I've rambled long enough, and I'll let you all get back to it. Keep doing your thing, and please don't ever forget how special what you have created truly is and what it means to some of us. My life is better for you all. Caleb. Mm. P.S. If you want to see some wild first-person pictures from the Capitol riot, oh. let me know. I've got some good ones. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, we do. Oh, you yeah. sick I bet fuck. He does. I love it. Um, <laughs> so, can I, can I start? Yeah. No, we'll do them here. It's as simple as that. And the thing is, what we're dealing with here is we are dealing with a gentleman who's a very long-time listener and has said all kinds of nice things about the podcast and is clearly... Clearly, quite um, sincere about it, and he serves his country, and I think we all owe him a huge debt of thanks for what he does 
for what is in effect a thankless 100%. job. Yeah. And if we time. cannot all club together on a Sunday and help him with his tyres, it would be a very poor show indeed. Oh, yeah. I wanted to go back, though, about his bike choice. Mm. So, 890 Adventure is an extremely capable bike. Very yes. capable, very aggressive, very lightweight. It's very, it's very KTM-y. <laughs> it, it is an extremely capable bike. It's one of my dream bikes right now. Yes. Um, you know, and having I've only ridden it on the road, I think that it will still be a good commuter bike and replace really? the Cub. The only bike that I would suggest as maybe an alternative, and tell me if I'm wrong, would be maybe an F850 GS. That's too heavy. No, no okay. I, would, I would go with a, a Tenere. Ten, Tenere 700? Yeah. Suspension <clears throat> suspension helps. Or he could, the problem that's true, the suspensions are wet. No, you see, we're, we're doing what we do. Yeah. And there's only two choices here. Keep his Triumph. And get a or KLR. Get, or get, get the KTM. Get Those are the only two choices. So we have to <laughs> yeah. tell him whether to keep the Triumph, which is an enormously good bike. Buy a $4,000 KLR, fix it up, set no, it out, No, that's not one of the alternatives. That's not what he's asking. I, I would say that, yes, the, the 890 is an extremely capable bike and will be the right the right tool for the job to do this trip. My only concern with him choosing the KTM over the existing Tiger that he already has is familiarity with working on it. If he's familiar right. with working on his Tiger, then then and and repairing it because he's going to fall over at some very point on that, that cross. You know, he's taking a tough ride. He's taking a challenging ride, and he's going to have to fix something in the middle of nowhere. And if he's if he's good at getting prepped with how to work on the KTM before he goes on the tour, then you know, so be it. So the the it, it is a capable bike, and I love it. But and the reason I was suggesting the F eight fifty is parts availability going cross country mm, yeah. and there are some states that there are in the KTM Liza, you know? you're not listening yeah. he doesn't want an F8 I don't know but keep the Triumph or buy a KTM these are the only two alternatives Emma for no 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 we're, we're known for unsolicited advice oh god so <laughs> I, I always throw that out too as a consideration that is an extremely capable bike but another thing to consider is when going cross country is right. parts availability now, ease to access parts. Of course, a Honda Kawasaki will be the easiest parts to access. Yeah. I'm not totally being a fanboy here, but if that were me, I'd consider buying a $4,000 KLR DR. You're being like a fanboy. Yeah. Drive across, sell it when it gets out here, fly back. You're being a fanboy. Then and you've got it written on your shirt. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Maybe I'll buy that 890 Adventure. When <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> or, wait. Better yet, you want to trade for an Africa Twin? <laughs> so that would be a oh, a, and, interesting. And take the highways back on the Africa Twin. Your DCT, yeah. Mm. The one yeah. here's the could, one could piece. Here's the one piece of advice that I will give Caleb. When I look back at my life, about all the monumental decisions I've made, the ones that I've thought about the most and used my head. I've largely forgotten about and have gone by the wayside. The decisions I used my heart when I made that decision have always been the memorable ones. If the KTM 890 is wrapped around your heart, oh, yeah. that yeah. is the bike you, you should buy. It's that's wrapped around my heart. It's what so, he's going to buy. But that's, that's the bike you should buy. It. Yes, but let's talk. Maybe if you're ready to 
Sell or trade. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can talk. That's but that's it. A, that's, it. that's a great email. And we really, this is a motorcycle podcast, so I don't want a crap ton of emails about pro-cops, anti-cops, pro-rioters, anti-riots. No. I don't want to know anything. I don't want any emails about that. This is a guy who's doing his job and loves motorcycles. And that's the beginning and the end of it. So you, yeah. um, but, but Emma, that's how that, it's going to be. That's exactly why Vintage Days, mm-hmm. the garage, all these where these events and, and places, communities, yes. we're all bikers. Yes. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Doesn't ma- None of it matters. We I are all cannot, bikers. I cannot call the police in my in my hometown. We do not call the police. But I will happily buy a donut for Caleb. Okay. Well, there right. you go. Try Kay- that. Uh, Caleb's welcome to crash at my house if he wants. Yeah, and I'm happy to buy him breakfast and lunch. Well, there you are. You <laughs> see, so you're, you're assured a warm welcome, Caleb. The oh, only yeah. thing stopping you is your choice of motorcycle. So, all right, and just to recap, um, Kat, are you already taking sign-ups for next year's Dolomite? Um, we'll start Soon. taking sign-ups in probably about a month. I've got to post the stuff up online. Um, hopefully, in the show notes for this episode, folks can see the video of this year's tour, the video review, uh, and then, yeah, should be within two or three weeks. I'll, and if, if, if anybody wants to genuinely talk about the trip with me, Use the Gmail address and leave some contact information. And I'll personally get in touch with you and I'll tell you what you should expect on the trip, what I'm going to expect from you, and basically why it's the trip of a lifetime. Can't tell everyone your website. Okay, the website is www.leodescapes.com. We should have new information up uh, about the Dolomites training tour uh, probably about two weeks. Uh, 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 as I always like to say, it's Leo Descapes. <laughs> Descapes. <laughs> Dear Leo, oh, it's weird um, Uncle Leo Descapes. Also, if you're in the UK and want to join our WhatsApp group and hopefully meet up with us, hang out, uh, reach out to me, motorcyclesandmisfits at gmail.com. But that's also the same email address to use. Send us your emails and, about uh, anything at all. And Nancy Darling, can I can I book you in two weeks? I actually have to consult my calendar. Yes, can, <laughs> consult the old diarrhea and let me know, and we will do a uh, we will do a an episode about castles and cars. Well, you well, guys, in two weeks, you're flying out. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm uh, August twentieth. Yeah, Liza okay. and I head to the UK. Wait, twentieth? To- I thought my flight's on the twenty fourth. Just kidding. It'll be a fun day. I, th- I think, um, Kat, I think I lost my passport somewhere. Um, <laughs> Your problem. Cat. Uh, uh, I think I put diesel. <laughs> you can suck it out with should, a hose. Should we just go buy a jar of pickles? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I live off pickle juice now. Well, and, and hopefully you, um, I would love to see you work with Bagel and put something together because I think the kind of tour that you're doing is is the perfect fit for the kind of uh, riding that Bagel loves doing on Vespas. I and think that whole Tuscany European... would be the, the perfect match if we can just find uh, a supplier of, uh, of Vespas. Vespas in probably out of Rome. Be the best bet. I want to see you headed. on a Vespa. Nope, not going to happen. <laughs> okay, very good. Have you I tried riding I don't, the 300? I don't, I don't I know. 
No, you would fit a 300. It'd be a you joke. might be surprised. No, you'd be, you'd, you'll but, fit. Right till for the job. I'll take a Vespa for riding around Rome any day. Absolutely love it. I've done it. I've rented them. Oh. Okay, wow. you guys are missing a key thing. He likes to go fast and put his knee down. Yeah. Yes. So does Bagel. Yes, I do. You're missing a key thing. And it's These more are fun capable to go fast scooters. On, and it's no. more fast to go fat more fun to go fast on a slow bike than it is to go slow on a fast that, bike. There you go. You no, know, they're absolute death traps and you won't convince <laughs> me otherwise. Bagel. <laughs> there you go. Um also go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Uh, Got shirts for sale. Shipping out another shirt oh, tomorrow. Cool. Yeah. So check that out. And um, but especially uh, thanks, Cat and Mouse for coming up, and for all you guys coming and sharing your experience. Thank yeah, you. thanks for coming no, along. Thank you thank guys you. for coming. How up. much did you pay them, Emma? <laughs> well, no, no there was a promise of an Emma's yogurt shop shirt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we should get those printed. Two cycle, two cycle spritz. All right, you guys ready to get out of here? I yeah, think so. I think I think sweaty. some of you know what's about to so, happen. I think you guys will figure. We'll it out. we'll figure it out. So. Go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. Check out all of our stuff there. And MotorcyclesAndMisfits at gmail.com. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you to our listeners, our Patreon subscribers, especially. We appreciate you. Send us those emails. Let's get out of here. Thank you, everybody. This is Liza. This is Scott. Stubby John. Emma Darling. Cat McLeod. Mouse. Patrick. It's Lori. Bagel. And we are out of here. Cool, cool. cool.